as we were in worship tonight, I kept hearing Jesus say, I want them to really see me. And I want them to know I really see them. So let's go on an adventure with the Holy Spirit. And let's see what he means by that. So forgive me, but I've learned this is important. Would you put your hand on your heart, pretty please? And just repeat after me, O Holy Spirit, please give me the power to receive all the love Jesus has for me. You see, Jesus said that it was the Holy Spirit that would reveal Jesus to us. And that without the Holy Spirit, we would not understand him. We'd be limited to cognitive, emotive reactions. He says, but I'm a spirit. And to really know me, you must see me, receive me in your spirit. That's what Paul meant when he wrote to the Corinth church, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and following. He said, you know, no eye has seen yet. And no ear has even heard yet. And no mind can even begin to conceive what God has for those who love him. But it will be revealed to you by his spirit. For the spirit searches the deep things of God, and the spirit of man searches our spirit. And if you go on in that passage, Paul was giving the picture that when the Holy Spirit's in you, he searches out you tenderly sees where you are, your needs, your questions, your circumstance, and then he searches out the deep things of God and he pulls up exactly what you need to receive. But if we're locked in our mind, we're not in a position to receive. So that's why sometimes we have to go, uh, Holy Spirit, I think I'm in my head. I think I'm all in my emotions. Would you pretty please, Holy Spirit, give me the power to receive? Okay? So, Jesus said, I would like for them to see me a little more clearly tonight. So the first words, really, that Jesus spoke in Matthew go something like this. It's time for us to do this. It is time for us together to fulfill righteousness. And he was talking to John the Baptist. And he was starting his ministry on his initiative by that image. Do you see me? I don't want to do this on my own. John Let's lock arms. Let's do this together. Together, let's fulfill righteousness. That's still his heart with you and me. Do you see him? He goes to the Mount of Temptation. And we're all familiar with the three temptations. But sometimes the Spirit can show you something deeper. In Isaiah 14, 
Ezekiel 28, Luke 10, 19. Here's the story behind the scenes. Lucifer was an archangel. He was perfect. He was beautiful. He led the worship in heaven. But he looked at the Father's throne and said, I want a throne like that. Started a war in heaven, and a third of the angels backed off from the Father, joined Lucifer. And Jesus says in Luke 10, 19, I watched Satan fall like lightning. And the Greek word is he was a spectator. He did not throw Lucifer out of heaven. Because, you see, it was up to the Father and the angels to get Lucifer's authority out of heaven. It was up to Jesus and the Holy Spirit to get out and keep out Satan's influence on the earth. So can you imagine, here he is on the Mount of Temptation. Satan is face to face with him, and Jesus being perfectly loving and tender remembers his face was perfect. It was pure. His, his voice was worshipful. And, and now here is Satan who's distorted and his voice is raspy. And, and here is the one who challenged his father. But he holds quiet. Lucifer goes on with the temptations because he is fully convinced that Jesus will fall. Because, you see, he never wanted Jesus' throne. He didn't. Mm. So he must have assumed, I wanted the higher throne. Jesus must have wanted it too. See, these were not artificial temptations. Satan really thought they would work. He really thought Jesus would betray the Father like he had. And so all of this in this 100% human man and, and son of God, do you see him? Do you see his heart? Must have been broken to see what Lucifer had become. And, and like, you, you, don't even, you don't know me, Satan. I'll never turn on my father. And yet he withheld all of that. He didn't correct him. He didn't challenge him because he had already made a decision. I'm a lamb. <laughs> I don't talk. I just say what the father tells me to say and do what the father tells me to do. But have you ever wondered at the agony in him? Do you see him? Have you ever thought about him and his heart? When he goes into Nazareth, the place he grew up, probably all his life longing to be free, to release father there, to release father there, and he goes and they don't want to hear a thing. In fact, they go to throw him off Mount Precipice. Can you imagine his heartache? You see, a caveat, if you really want a love relationship with someone, it doesn't matter if it's a spouse, a child, or a friend, you want them to see you. And you want them to know you see them. 
it's the same with Jesus, you see. But sometimes, because of our humanity, we're kind of more about us. But have you ever seen his heart? Have you ever read and gone, oh, Jesus, that must have hurt so deeply. Oh, Jesus, did anyone comfort you when you were weeping over Jerusalem? Did anyone come and wrap their arms around you? Or did anyone else, any of the disciples, love Jerusalem and weep and wail and travail in prayer with you? Did anybody see you, Jesus? And when you were going through Gethsemane, and the depression and the sorrow. And, and he literally says, I am depressed to the point of death. Did, have we ever thought what that was like? Have we ever thought about the cross was just shame and physical abuse? And stripping him sexually, humiliating him. Have we ever thought about the hidden price he paid? Because it's that price where he can say to us, I see you. I know what it's like. I lost my dad at a young age. Joseph died. I know what it's like not to be understood by family or friends. I know what it's like to have seasons where everyone's around you and life looks good and then it all falls apart. I know what it's like to be depressed. I know what it's like to be abused. I know what it's like to be traumatized. I know what it's like. I was raised religious. I know what it's like to try to break free from all the things I learned in the synagogue and discover, Father, for myself. I am the one who sees you. And I'm the one that wants you to know me. Because the more you know me, Jesus says, the more you'll actually know yourself. You see, who the world has told us we are, the wounds we've been through, the victories, even the gifts, the anointing you have, all that jazz, doesn't really tell you who you are. We don't know who we are unless we are loved. Love reveals our true God-given DNA. Because love himself Put the seed in us, 1 John 3, 9. We have the seed, the chromosome, the DNA of God in us. He has placed within us a part of himself so that we can express love in a way nobody else on this planet expresses it. And the only way we can really see that DNA in each other is if we love one another. Love reveals truth. And the more you feel safe in a friendship or in a marriage or wherever, the safer you feel, the love will begin to set free the DNA inside of you because somebody can see the real you. And I'm not talking about worldly love. 
It's love of the spirit. You see, he's always loved you. He sees you. But he sees you with a love that pierces. He sees your mind. He sees your struggles, your anxieties, your moods, your whatever, whatever. He sees your emotions. He sees your spirit. He sees your hunger, the beauty of you, the struggles of you. And he just goes, my goodness, I adore you. May I please help you see me. You, you're, you still carry fringes of bondage that you don't have to. You know, we think, how in the world did Jesus make his journey of healing from being a boy, and, and then he steps into the Son of God and the Savior and the Deliverer and the Healer, and, and how did he do it, and how did he restrain himself? Well, Acts 10.38 says, he was full of the Holy Spirit. And so when he says, Father, I send them out as you sent me, it's like Jesus comes to you and says, in this hand, here's my body and my blood. It's finished. Everything is here in the mystery of this. As I heal your mind, your emotions, your body, your spirit, it's here. But I know you really can't understand this on your own. It's too pure. <laughs> it's, it's a love. And you keep flipping back to humanity thinking you've got to be and do. And He says, but here's my second gift. Here's the gift of the Holy Spirit. He will teach you about me, spirit to spirit, not here, spirit to spirit. He said, I depended on the Holy Spirit for every word, every decision, the schedule of every day. I depended on him for everything. And my humanity became a gift. It led me to dependence upon the Holy Spirit. But you see, when we're in our head, our humanity becomes a liability. We get frustrated with it sometimes. You know what I mean? So he says, here, here's my second gift. He's the most ignored part of the Godhead. He's the one that can dialogue with you 24-7. But you have to need him. And that's when most of us back up because we don't want to need, we don't want to be out of control. We want to have some sense of confidence, and I know this, and I'm in control. Um, we don't want to say, I don't have a clue unless Jesus tells me, even though that's the freest place in the world. And definitely the most peaceful. He told his disciples, you're not going to understand everything you've seen me do. You're not even going to understand everything I've taught you. I'm putting the Holy Spirit in you. He will be the truth teller. He will be your comforter, your counselor, your helper. He will comfort you. 
And in great tenderness, he says, I don't want you to think you have been left as an orphan. And that's why I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. To remind you who I am. And remind you who the Father is. I know that what I'm saying, you guys already know. You've probably heard it a thousand times. (laughs) But Jesus is trying to express, to awaken your spirit, to say you really don't know what you think you know, and you really don't know as much as you think you know. Or you'd be totally free by now. And that's not condemnation. That's love. That's tender love going, oh, honey, I want you to be so free. It's love reaching out, going, I love who you are. I love all the things, even the things you struggle with. I love you. I love you. Don't ever be ashamed in front of me. That's why I put the Holy Spirit in you. But he waits for you to invite him. A a picture will not profess it's a good picture. Hebrews 3.6 says we are the house of God, but we are his house in the earth. Other scriptures say temple, that is you are the temple, usually is plural, like you're a living stone, I'm a living stone, plural, we're the temple. The house is singular. So it's this image. I become a believer I welcome him into the house of who I am. And I welcome him to go to the back bedroom and I shut the door. And I pray like, Jesus, come down. Jesus, come and help. But he's really in the back room of my house. I don't know he's inside me. I talk to him like he's away somewhere. Or we try to live life like, I got to try to obey. I got to do. And when we need help, we'll go back and we'll open the back bedroom door and go, Jesus, I need to know what to do about this. And he tenderly starts talking. We shut the door and go, okay, I can go do that. And uh, we do it until finally we realize I've known him a long time and I'm not a thousand percent free yet. Maybe I should invite him into all of me. And when I feel like I'm getting anxious, maybe I should say, Holy Spirit, would you hold that anxiousness for me? And when I feel like I need to be in control, Holy Spirit, you love me more than I love me. Would you please be in control and help me feel safe in letting go? Any of this making sense, guys? You see, the freedom is so simple a child can get free. We complicate the healing journey 
We complicate being in oneness with him. We complicate leaving our earthly personality behind. And by that I mean the personality that's been formed by what you've been through in the earth that's formed your defense mechanisms and your needs for this and your needs for that. We leave that behind bit by bit as we welcome the Holy Spirit. Be in every part of my house and reveal Jesus in this attitude, in this situation, in this hurt. And then eventually we realize, oh my goodness, I'm not the person I used to be. I really have become a new creation. And I love being a child. I love needing him for everything. I've learned weakness is my greatest gift in humanity because it draws me to him. And so the Holy Spirit is here to form Christ in you. And all our works and efforts just don't work. Wounds us. And we don't feel very loved sometimes. He said, I don't want you to feel like an orphan, like I forgot you or I'm not listening to you or I've let you down. Listen, meet me spirit to spirit. The Holy Spirit will always tell you the truth. It's simple, but it is the difference between walking in the spirit or limping along with one leg free and the other bound in legalism. The choice is ours. The body and the blood was for total freedom. He didn't expect you to do anything on your own except say, yes, would you be my savior? Yes, I need you. Yes, Holy Spirit, would you tell me about Jesus? Yes, Holy Spirit, would you be my counselor? Holy Spirit, would you give me the power to love other people? Would you give me the power to receive love? Yes, Holy Spirit, I choose to need you because I want to be a new creation. I want to be a man or a woman whose personality only carries the fingerprints of the Father. That's what Paul meant when he said, you can look and act like a citizen of earth or you can be a citizen of heaven. Well, dear ones, I had no idea what he really wanted to say to you tonight. But for some reason, he has chosen something that on the surface looks simple. But I guarantee you, it is quite deep. It is very deep. And the treasures of the kingdom are childlike and deep. And the truths of the kingdom cannot be captured and explained by your mind. Your mind will always bring them down to your earthly comprehension. And he is not a God to be comprehended. He is a God to be loved and trusted and in awe and wonder. And if you're willing, 
Some of you have heard me say this over and over recently. If you really want to live in the kingdom, look at scripture. It's not for everybody. He said, unless you become as a little child, you won't enter the fullness of the kingdom of heaven on earth. He said, oh, you have to be poor in spirit. Celebrate that you need me. Blessed are the persecuted. Those who stand with me in my trials. He said, these will know the kingdom. He didn't say everyone would. Because if you keep Jesus in the back bedroom, you'll never know the fullness of the kingdom. Because the fullness comes when the Holy Spirit continues to reveal him to you more and more and more. And with joy and celebration, you need him more and more. Religion will tell you dying to self is a big sacrifice. That is the stupidest lie I ever heard in my life. I mean, if that doesn't make you go, are you kidding me? You believe in that stuff? Are you telling me dying to Susan and leaning on Susan's intellect, Susan's emotional capacity, her wisdom, her experience in earth is so much better than leaning on the one who loves me more than I can possibly understand, always stand with me, always knows what's ahead, behind, and all around, that this is a sacrifice? That is the biggest lie a legalistic demon has sold the believers. Like, oh, i got to die to myself. Get a life. I'm sorry, but really, guys, that's, I mean, we're pretty prideful when we act like it's a big deal. It's a big deal because we are prideful, Okay. And that's true for all of us, okay? There you are. The truth is out. And it's true for all of us. But at some point, the balance tips. And you go, I see him. He went through all that heartache, all that pain, not just on the cross, all the loneliness and the depression and all these human emotions so he could understand me. He loves me as I am and loves me and wants to love his DNA out of me. He wants to set me free so I can walk in peace and trust and confidence and be honest with no shame and guilt, authentic. He, w- he loves me more than I love myself. And he's saying, it's okay, I, I get it. You get a little afraid. Just at least baby step it and realize you have a person inside of you who is as real as the Father, as real as the Son. You have the third person of the Trinity himself in you saying, may I pretty please help you? Can I pretty please help you see who Jesus is? Can I show you the beauty of yourself? Can I heal your heart? Can I protect your heart for you? It is written that two shall be equally yoked. Jesus stands as the bridegroom and says, I died to myself and my abilities as a human, and I live dependent upon the Father and the Holy Spirit. 
I lived as a lamb and just loved. And Father looks and he goes, oh, you, you chose to not depend on yourself. You chose to depend on the Holy Spirit. And you depended on the Spirit and Jesus. You were a lamb. Come, be my son's bride. Because you both were dependent and lived utterly dependent on the Spirit. Now you'll grow to understand each other more and more. And who he, who he is is just beyond comprehension. And the intimacy and the oneness and the connectivity of the heart and the way he will just whisper oh so sweetly all throughout the day. And he can tell you what to do about this and this and that. And he makes you more intelligent than you could ever be on your own, wiser, more responsible, reliable, dependable, creative, loving, forgiving. The fullness arises and things you thought were weaknesses are now strengths and things that are strengths they're now shooting through the ceiling and it's because you're living by the spirit and he's alive in you so as Jesus said only the childlike enter the kingdom of heaven. So here I am, a very childlike message. And uh, what I will tell you is it makes all the difference in the world. I wouldn't live any other way. And I'm still learning to live this way. Living this way, you learn things about his heart and the kingdom and revelations of the healing journey and of all realms of things he downloads to you that, hey, I went to seminary. They never talked this high-level stuff there, okay? They didn't. It was all repeating what had been doctrine for decades and centuries. It wasn't fresh. But if you want to know him, and, and you want to know what he's thinking today? What's breaking his heart today? What's encouraging him today? You want to look at a scripture and know, why did you write this? And I don't want to look at it like I've always thought it to be, Holy Spirit, why did you include this? He will open up realms of wisdom and life that you just feel like you get younger and younger. And you do because your spirit is getting more life and more life and more life. And he loves through you. It's not limited to your personality. You can say, Holy Spirit, let's be honest. I don't know how to love. So would you show me how each person needs to be loved? Because in our personality, we love each other kind of the same. We keep our personality. This is the way I show love. When you step into the Holy Spirit, it's a fun adventure. It's like, well, how does this person need to be loved, Holy Spirit? Well, how does that one need to be loved? And then he just does it. And you feel like you're on the front row watching this beautiful artist of love. 
and you're amazed. Because you know, that wasn't me. Look at that. That was heaven coming to earth right 